thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Abnormal Psychologist, the show that shares everyday insights into getting the best out of your mind, body, and lifestyle. Now, please welcome your host, The Abnormal Psychologist herself, Carrie Thompson-Casey. Hello there, how are you going? It's time for another episode of The Abnormal Psychologist with me, your host, Carrie Thompson-Casey, the show where we are giving you the how-to to get the best out of you. And today we are talking about being healthy with health and lifestyle coach and Amazon best-selling author of Secret Mums Business, Angela. And Angela spends much of her time with entrepreneurial women who are suffering from adrenal burnout. And with her background as a naturopath, Angela is the perfect person to give us lots of tips on how to manage our work and home life, as well as managing our health. So welcome, Angela. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting. So am I. Exciting, isn't it? (laughs) It is. So Angela, um, I've come across your stuff before and you're really very... um, inspirational in how you really tenderly care for women's um, needs, particularly women in business. So how? tell us your story. How is it that you ended up in this place working with women? So I, my background is I used to be in the corporate world. So I was in the corporate world for about 17 years. I worked um, in the Commonwealth Bank and then I went out and I was a consultant. I worked for a few of the other major banks and um, uh, Optus and Telstra. So I've worked for most of the ma- large corporations here yeah, in Australia. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I was well paid, everything was going really, really well. But then I decided that I wanted to have children. And I didn't realize the effect that that type of lifestyle was having on my health. I, when I, I fell pregnant and then I miscarried at 12 weeks. And wow. that's when it started to really hit me that stress and the travel and everything I was doing was really affecting the way that I felt. So I decided I was going to take a little bit of time off work. My contract was up and I told my husband I'd take three months off work. I was thinking six months in the back of my head and and I thought I'd go and try this thing called naturopathy. So I didn't know a lot about it, but I always had this true belief that the body knew how to heal itself. And I wanted to learn more about how the body worked because I thought if I knew how the body worked, then I could work with the body rather than against the body. Yeah. So yeah. I went off and within the first month of studying, studying to be a naturopath, I was pregnant with my first child um, who is now 12 and a half and is in high school. And I, I never, ever went back to the corporate world. I continued to study it. And in the next five years, I had two children. I was either pregnant or breastfeeding for five years. <laughs> um, and then I went on to do my degree. And then I, I what I wanted to do then was, start a place where I could help mums because one thing I found that when I was pregnant, having come out of the corporate world and not having family around me, I didn't have support. So I wanted to go into practice where I could help mums and that's what I did. I went and I I opened a really, really large clinic. I had a multi-modality practice, which was a one-stop natural therapy shop for new mums. And that in the first, you know, the, in the first twelve months, that was going unbelievably. I was turning over a quarter of a million dollars. Wow! My practice was going really, really well. I was renting rooms out to other practitioners. I had yoga studios. Everything it was going from the outside. It looked fantastic, but I was an absolute mess. Really? And I felt like a fraud because here I was teaching women about looking after their stress and all this stuff and giving them advice, and I wasn't taking that advice. 
I was, you know, going home and every night it would be a glass of wine, two glasses of wine, three glasses of wine to wind down. Chocolate brownies when I was stressed, which was most of the time. And I knew better. I was a naturopath. I knew better. So I got to the stage where basically, and at the time I didn't admit it, but now when I look back, I was at burnout. There was nothing left for me to give. I felt so guilty. I felt guilty because I was running this business and I wasn't with my kids. When I was with my kids, I felt guilty because I wasn't working and clients needed me and I felt pulled in so many different directions and I wasn't eating properly, sleep, everything. And I knew I had to change and I actually closed that large clinic down and then I went to um, a smaller clinic, but still wasn't right for me. I still, I'd lost my passion for what I was doing. I kind of, I got great results. I love my clients, but it wasn't my passion anymore. I didn't want to be treating people and giving pills out and using herbs and supplements because that's what people were expecting. What I wanted to do was educate. Okay. I knew I wanted to be a speaker. I knew I wanted to go out and coach people rather than treat them. So I closed that business down and that's when I wrote my book because that was kind of my journey that I had to go through and I, these were the things that I knew that in, and at the time I wasn't, I wasn't even doing it, but these are the things that I knew in myself that this is what I needed to do to get where I needed to be. So I wrote the book first before I actually travelled the journey, but then I wrote the book and then I travelled the journey and I went back and basically followed it, all the things I'd written about and that's where I am now and now I, I speak, I um, coach women. I still treat women but I and I do work one-on-one -on -one with some clients but I do most of my stuff in group work. It's more about education, it's more about lifestyle than it is about prescribing um, supplements and herbs and I love what I do now. Wow. And and I think there's probably so many women listening, um, whether they're mums or not, who really understand that feeling of just feeling totally burned out and exhausted mm. and feeling that guilt um, about whether it's their work performance or their parenting or being in a relationship and, you know, feeling pu pulled in, you know, all different directions. Yeah, and I think it's also the shoulds. You know, yeah. what you think you should do because as a naturopath, I'd been taught how to be a naturopath and what naturopaths do is they go out, they open a clinic and they prescribe pills. And, you know, in essence, people were seeing me just like an alternative to a doctor but my pills were safer. And it's like, well, if I don't do this, who am I? And it, I have to say it took me two years to work out who I was when I wasn't being that type of naturopath. And it's only in the last six months or so that I've kind of gone, well, no, I just do things differently and I've had people say to me, you're not like other naturopaths. I say, yeah, you're right, I'm not like other naturopaths and because I thought I had to do it that way but I had to give up on that that should and the way everyone else expected me to be. So almost like you, you, you self-channeled, you kind of channeled yourself into that mm -hmm. pathway that you felt um, I'm going to put myself in that box and if I put myself in that box then this is how I need to think and this is how I need to behave yeah. because I've put myself in that box. So so tell us what 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 makes you different? What do you think makes you different? I think it's because when I now, because I've actually, I do a lot of mindset work too, so I'm not just a, not just a naturopath, that doesn't sound right. Um, I not only do naturopathy, um, I'm also an NLP practitioner and I'm also certified in a technique called the Lifeline Technique, which is very much about the emotions. And I truly believe that um, all disease, all discomfort comes from the, a body emotionally being out of balance and that when we've got symptoms that's the body speaking to us but we're not listening and we don't really we don't need to dampen the symptoms down we don't need to take something to stop the symptoms what we need to do is work out 
why the symptoms are there. So I get right to the underlying cause. And I find that most times, you know, yes, I know there's some people who have genetic issues and all of that, but in the majority of cases, it comes down to the beliefs that we have and the stresses, the things that we're stressing about that we have no control over. We want to control everything, but honestly, we have no control over these things and we just feel stressed. Yeah. And that's actually affecting us physically and it's giving us pain, it's giving us you know, digestive problems, all of that. It affects us emotionally and affects us um, in our personal development and our spiritual growth. So that's kind of where I'm different. I'm very much now away from, I used to be very much scientific-based. I was so totally science-based, all this other stuff was total woo-woo. Yeah. Now I've kind of gone <laughs> to the other side and I, I, I totally get the science stuff, but I know there's more to it. I know there's more to it. I know that the body knows what to do. We just need to listen to it. You mean like intuition or do you mean, what do you mean? It's an, The body has an innate ability to heal itself. The body, it's all it wants to do is stay alive. And every time we're getting symptoms, that's just the body's response to something. And generally it's it's a primitive response to some type of threat. And, you know, and, you know, you, know, you would know that, you know, once we get into our primitive, you know, fight and flight, yeah. that all the body processes change. And if we continue to stay there with, you know, cortisol levels high, where we've lowered our um, digestive system, our immune systems out of whack, we're putting weight on, you know, people are trying to fix that problem. They're trying to fix the excess weight, but they haven't gone and said, well, why is my body in this state? Why is it in this state of constantly being on alert, thinking it's about to die? Yeah. Because that's a message. You know, if the body's like that, well, why does it think it's, it's going to die? What's causing that? That constant stream of perceived yeah. threats in the environment, right. whether it's relationships, work, money. Yeah. And we have it, you know, and because there's some stuff we can't control. You know, we cannot control some things, but there's so many things we can. Guilt's a big one. You know, guilt is such a wasted emotion, yet we spend half of our life feeling guilty about things that we've got nothing. No, we can't control it. So or change just, it. That's right. You, you can't do anything about it. So why are you stressing about it? You just live with what is. The only person you can change is you. You can't change anyone else. So stop stressing about what everyone else is doing because they probably don't care. You're the one who's stressed. I know. And like something I've been actually, it's interesting you say that because something I've been thinking about recently is like that false humility. Um, and, you know, it, I think it's sort of that kind where we almost feel that we have to not so much sabotage ourselves, but if we feel like ourselves growing or evolving, suddenly we feel like we go, oh, no, you know, who do I think I am? And, you mm. know, it's almost like we, we have to dampen ourselves down so that we, you know, can't grow. It's like where does that come from? Where did we learn that from? That well, I think it's a belief that we, we get as children. And, I mean, I don't think it's all – it's been passed down. It's a bit – particularly here in Australia, it's very much the, Paul to, the tall poppy syndrome, you know. Someone gets up high, we kind of bash them down. It's very Australian to do that. And, you know, we see people that make money and think, well, you know, they must be dishonest or all this. We have all these beliefs, but none of them are true because we have no idea. We just – we kind of make it up. It's all a story. And But we live our life that way. And so we don't want to bring ourselves up, but – the quote I love that I use all the time with my clients in my workshops is the Marianne Williamson um, quote is like, who are you not to be the best version of yourself? You know, yes, who, you I've know, heard that. Love it's it. like, you know, and you, if you read the whole quote, it's just unbelievable. You know, you are a child of God. So who are you to say that you can't be the best you possibly can? Mm. 
Yeah. You know? And it's like, who are we? I mean, every one of us is here for a purpose and every one of us, we're all a miracle. And this is a quote in my book and I always read it out at the end of every presentation. It's, and it's like, you are a miracle. There's only one of you in this whole world and nobody seems to be living the miracle that they are. And mm. that's my message to people and particularly women is like, you don't have to live anyone else's life. You live the life that works for you and live your truth. Yeah. And again, I think it's so timely because today I was actually, um, I listened to a lot of books while I'm driving around running clinics in some of these rural towns. And I was listening to the book Outliers. I'm not sure if you've mm. oh, Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's so interesting to hear, like, you know, you were saying before about um, how, you know, they must have cheated their way to have success or they must just be lucky. But, you know, it's really interesting to hear him talk about some of the people who are successful, things that I, I hadn't known, you know, like about Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, that about that 10,000-hour rule around mastery that, yeah. in fact, these people are working, you know, were just, you know, were partly lucky to be in the right place at the right time and be offered an opportunity. But they had to be working really hard and be open to that opportunity. That's and, right. And then they did so much work in their teen years. I mean, both Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, you know, they were working really long hours all through the, the period where their peers were probably, you know, down, you know, playing video games or... Yeah, drinking. Whatever. Exactly. <laughs> they, they really, you know, set themselves up to continually continually be in the right place in the right time. Yeah. But I digress. We're getting talking about blokes there <laughs> and, and, and IT. But, um, but yeah, you know, I think you know, the point I'm trying to make is that um, we don't often seem to want to seek the truth. We, we do, it's almost like we don't want to know the potential that we have. It's, it's mm. really a strange cultural or social issue that happens that I think particularly in women, and, and I think that's what you're saying, is that we almost – think that it's easier to stay humble or have humility and not um, you know not seek to empower or grow ourselves and so we continue to spin our wheels and and continue to to be to feel guilty and go towards burnout and find ourselves in this place where we're just so stuck so tell us about the book how what what does your book offer women well the books a basically it's a seven step process right and it's it starts and when I put it together I was looking like everyone's talking about work-life balance I'm thinking work-life balance does it really exist so I went out to find out if work-life balance exists and it yeah. doesn't okay <laughs> so it just doesn't because the heads you, up for us. <laughs> that's right because <laughs> if you think of work-life balance it's like we're trying to balance one thing against the other and particularly when you run your own business it's really difficult to, to balance them off against each other so I was trying to look at something different. I said, well, what is it that we have? And I said, if we aimed for harmony, we aim for harmony in our lives, then we can have whatever it is we want. Because people say, well, can women have it all? And some say, well, yes, no. Well, you can, but your all might be different to my all because it's all about when does it all come together? So when I put this together, I wanted to get the concept of harmony. So I kind of looked at the yin and the yang, and that's kind of where it started. So the feminine energies versus the masculine energies yeah, okay. uh, and the feminine en energies of which are more passive and they were like, what are your values? What's really important to you? Live your values. What's your big picture? What's your vision? And what are your goals for your life? So they're all the kind of things that come deep from inside you and it's about, you know, you. And then the yang side is the doing. Well, that's that's my naturopathic background. It's like 
eat healthy food. So it's healthy eating, healthy living and healthy mindset. And right in the middle of all of that is you, the celebration of who you are. Because women and particularly mums, they tend to ignore their own health, their own well-being for everybody else's. And if they're not looking after themselves, everything will fall apart. They, yeah. you know, they, and we, we're so, and we do it, we, we put ourselves behind our children's, our partners, our business, we don't look after ourselves. And so that's why I put that right at the centre. That's the middle of it. When you can look after you, you can celebrate the miracle of who you are the rest of it kind of starts to, it'll just fall into place because you will look after yourself when you're looking after you. So that's kind of what the book's all about. Um, people think, oh, well, is it a parenting book? No, it's not a parenting book. I don't think I mention any parenting in there at all, except that I'm probably not the best in the world to talk about that. <laughs> it, it's about women, really. You know, it is called Secret Mums Business, but it's not just for, for mums. It's it's for women in, in business, who and, and not even I mean I've got women who who aren't in business that read it too and they get stuff out of it too and it's re, I've just put some really simple things in there that people can do and I've made it an easy read um, probably because that's how I write um, yeah. people people kind of read and go that was a really easy read I go yeah, I don't know if that's a compliment or not <laughs> yeah well so you said you know it was only like not that long ago so do you feel like the old teach what we need to learn was like really true here that totally yeah because when I wrote it I I'll be honest when I wrote it I wasn't totally living it okay so I wrote from my knowledge I wrote from the research I did I, I wrote from what I thought should work but at the time I wasn't really living it I was doing bits of it yeah and some of the things about celebration and that stuff I was doing that but the whole concept I wasn't living it, but I've spent, since I've written the book and the book was published um, in May last year, I kind of had, a, I had a, quite a big crisis after that. Okay. And, and that's when I realised that I was really in adrenal burnout. And that even though I'd closed my clinic six months earlier, I was in total adrenal burnout and I knew something had to change. And I went, well, you know, I've actually got all the stuff here. All I need to do is follow the stuff I wrote in the book. So that's what yes, I did. Exactly. <laughs> so, and that's what I did. And because my business kind of stagnated until I started to live what I'd been, what what I, you know, basically started to do what I what I was teaching. Because and then once I started to live it, it then becomes easy to teach because I know from experience. Before I was kind of, I was, you know, trying to teach from knowledge, if that makes sense. I mean, the naturopathic stuff I knew inside out, but it was the other stuff. It was the mindset stuff and all of that. Um, I, I had to live it all first. I had to actually be living my values. I had to have a vision, you know, because I hadn't done a vision board at that stage in two years. Now I've got a vision board. I've got goals that I set down and, you know, mindset stuff as I work on all the time. Mindset's my biggest stuff that I work on every single day. It's interesting, isn't it? Like it, it, it's amazing how much we seem to just drift for, drift through our days without stopping to pause and think, you know, what is it that I really want for myself mm. and how do I steer myself in that direction? Um, I, I was listening to someone, it actually might have been Marcus Pierce, I'm not sure who it was that I was listening to recently, talked about um, a particular sports team and they kept asking that que the question every time they were looking at doing an activity or spending time somewhere they kept saying to themselves, will that make us a faster, better team? Yeah. If no, then I'm not doing it. If yes, yeah. then I'm going to do it. So, And I think that 
sometimes um, we don't do that for ourselves. We we kind of wake up, oh, you know, do the ironing or get the clothes ready, pack the lunch boxes, whatever it is, and, and we do it so begrudgingly um, rather than sort of going, okay, so where am I steering myself today? No, I don't love packing the kids' lunch boxes. Anyone who's heard me talk about that knows <laughs> that about me. Um, but, you got to teach them to do it themselves, you know. <laughs> I know. Well, and you know why? I think I secretly love to do it. Like I think somehow I've decided that the, the habit is to not like it, but I think secretly I do like that that nurturing part. But I think it is that that self-development falls off our list of things to do we we suddenly get caught up in doing work and being a parent being or and being busy and, and being, busy being busy is a habit well it's such a habit well see my argument is busy is okay we've always been busy but I think it's the reaction we have to our busy if we resent our busy then we're going to have a lot of pain but if we are satisfied by our busy yeah, having fun doing and it. it's fulfilling or yeah. pleasurable or constructive um, you know, like I, I would, and then you probably don't think you're busy, though. So that's it. When you're actually in that place, you probably don't think you're busy because you're just having fun. I know. Well, because time goes exactly. And 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 look, you know, there's definitely days where I just feel busy and overwhelmed. But there's a lot of days where I'm like, you know what, I'm busy, but I know that these steps that are taking up time today are about where I'm trying to to go. You know, yeah. the self development or career or know speaking just like you um all these things that we're trying to do for ourselves no one's going to do it for me um and that's um not a sad truth it's it's really fulfilling because it's just going to be so much more satisfying to get to some of those tough places when i know that i've put one my own one foot in front of the other Mm, um but you know it's also important to get support and resources which it sounds like you are so you also do coaching yes so um i i mainly so i have a coach and i coach others so I'm yeah. not too sure what your question was there. So yeah, I have a coach. Yep. Um, I have a, I have several coaches, and um and yeah, and then I coach others as well. Wow. Okay. So, um, uh, is this and do they have to be a, a naturopath to access you or? Um no. Um I work with, basically I work with any women in um business who are suffering from adrenal burnout. I do mentor other naturopaths, and that's kind of a that's a little bit of my passion side of my business. It's not my main core business. I just kind of do that on the side a bit. Okay. So I'm, I mentor um, other health practitioners. My core business is just working with women who run their own businesses who are suffering from adrenal burnout. Yes. And generally, you know, that's that's women who've been in business for a few years and their, their business has actually started to take off. But because they have de- dedicated so much time to it, now their health has started to suffer or their relationships have started to suffer and they can't keep going anymore and they've fallen out of love with their business. Well, that's right. Getting back to what I was saying before, you know, it's all good and well for me to sit here and go, you know, I like being busy and it's all really good. But if I pass out on my back steps halfway into the house because I've burned myself to a crisp, that's right. you know, then it's not going to be good for anybody. So it sounds like you're doing such an amazing service to women out there. It's really awesome. I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's a few questions that I often ask my guests. So what have you learned about people through your coaching and writing the book? Um, the biggest thing is you, you, most people are not doing what they want to do and they just feel guilty. They're doing what they think they have to do and that whether or not that's in business, whether or not that's in their relationships, the shoulds and the needs too. I mean, I hear that all the time and I, people say, I need to. I said, do you really need to or do you choose to? And, and that's a big question, all shoulds. Okay. So everyone's shoulding themselves yeah. and when they're shoulding themselves, they're not living their passion. 
So that's what I've just I found, and, and that leads to stress, it leads to overwhelm. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're finding is that a lot of women that are coming to see you, often the conversation's filled with, I should have, or yeah, I feel bad totally. that, yeah. um, rather than going, you know what, this is what lights me up, and this is what yeah. sets me on fire. And I, and I think it's really important that we have those things, even if we can't find it financially or, or whatever it might be to do that as our actual career or income, that it's really important that we have some time, at least maybe an hour a week if they can do it, to be able to spend some time on their passion to, to recharge their batteries or fill yeah. their tank or whatever analogy they need to hear, but doing that that passion, whatever I it think, might be. I think a lot of, uh, this isn't just women, it's people in general these days, I think people don't take responsibility. Okay. They, they're giving their responsibility out to everyone else. So that's why they're shooting and they're wooding and they want the government to regulate this and they want this and they want this. But when it comes down to it, your life is your responsibility and your choices are your responsibility. And so many people, and that, that's what I used to find when I was in clinic, is it's, it's for someone to come to me and say, well, give me a pill to make me better. And I said, well, you know, well, what will make you better is if you change the way you eat. No, no, you give me a pill and you make me better. Well, it's not my responsibility to make you better. It's your responsibility to make you better. And what I advise for you to do is to eat better. And they don't want to do that because they want to put the responsibility back on you. And for many, many years, I took that responsibility. I thought it was my responsibility to get people better. Okay. And that's what naturopaths do. And I think a lot of people do that is they push their responsibility onto someone else. But Absolutely. really, yeah. your life, the life that you have right now is the life that you chose. Whether or not you chose it consciously or subconsciously, you chose every single thing that happened in your life. And, you know, people go, well, you know, what about? But really, you have a choice. and You can't change the circumstances or what's going on in the world, but you can change your reaction to it. Yeah, and I, and I'm, that's right, that it is really a, a tough thing to hear, but often, you know, that's right, we don't choose the difficult things that come into our lives, but we then get to choose how we respond and how yep. we react and what steps we take from there. And I think, you know, it's, it's you know, absolutely true what you were saying before, that there's a lot of those sort of heart-centered people or people who are really intuitive and sensitive, that they do often find themselves wanting to to fix it for everybody around mm. them. And it's it's just because they're so loving and, and trying really hard to to make it right or make it better for the people in their lives. And even people that aren't necessarily in their family or loved ones, they, they just want to see people do well. But that's the very thing sometimes that burns us out. That's right, because that, that's they sacrifice themselves for other people. Yeah. And... And in the healing profession, it happens all the time. I see it all the time where I see practitioners who are burnt out because they're giving everything to everyone else and they're not giving anything to themselves and they're not getting anything back Yeah. because these people are just taking it and walking out the door with their pills and everything else. They're taking all that energy and no one's giving it back. You know, Or if you get anything back, it's very little. Because, so, yeah. so what you're yeah. saying is we need to then go and give that energy back to ourselves somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we have to also stop giving our energy away. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what about you? What have you learned about yourself through your coaching and writing the book and your practice? Um, that it's really easy to be busy and I'm not always productive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a habit. And me slipping back, I mean, I'm a type A personality. I know I, I, I work, I enjoy my work, but it's really easy for me to use work as an excuse not to do things sometimes it's really easy for me to get back into a place of overwhelm and forget the self-care. So for me, self-care 
is something that I have to, and it, it sounds strange to say, but I have to work at my self-care every single day. Okay. I actually book time into my diary because if I don't do it, I won't do it. Something else will come up. So I book the time in my diary. These days, it, it'll change in the next couple of weeks because we have school holidays on. But normally what happens is I take my kids to the bus stop, then I take myself to the beach. And that's my first thing before. And I don't come home again until I've been to the beach and I either go for a walk, I sit there, I meditate, I do some doodling, whatever, but I spend at least 30 minutes on the beach connecting with nature and I do that every day. Wow. And if I don't do it, then I'll just get it. I'll just come back home and I'll just walk into my office and I'll just work. So now I actually make the effort to do that. Sometimes I just go sit on, go into the kids' park and just sit on a swing and swing. Nice. Because part of what I'm trying to also do is reconnect back to the inner child within me and being, the playful side. Pl- yeah, playful, being playful. Yeah, because yeah. I'm way too serious. I don't have fun. So <laughs> and my, my word for this year is fun. I'm going to have fun and that's what I do. I go sit on a swing and swing and you know, sometimes the kids come and, come and say, can you get out of that? Get off the it's swing. I want to swing. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> my turn. <laughs> Overdue. I've got years to catch up on. I- yeah, so that's what I – the big thing I know about me is it's really easy for me to slip back into those old habits. And that's the, that's true for so many women. If they get to adrenal burnout, quite often they'll come out of it and they'll slip back in. And that's why I work at changing their mindset and changing the, their belief systems and all of that because if you can change all that, then hopefully they're not going to sh- slip back into their bad habits again. Yeah. Okay. So what what would be three tips that you, you would give us or th- three things that you do for yourself to keep yourself grounded, focused and balanced? Um, the, the main thing, um, the biggest tip I'd say is make sure you're living the life that you want, not the life someone else wants for you. And even if that's in business, because a lot of times you're in business and as being in business, a lot of us do business the way men do business and masculine energy is very different to feminine energy, but we haven't been taught how to run a business using feminine energy that much. It is changing. Okay. So, um, I think as women, we really need to really grasp onto our femininity. And I'm not talking about being girly girl. I'm talking about nurturing. I'm talking about being more passive, about being more intuitive, that type of, and and living a life like that instead of being this living a life of being totally active all the time and do, 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 which is masculine. We know we need some of that, but I think we have gone as women, we've gone too far into the masculine energy. So that's one of the big things is, Reconnect back to what's really important to you, and that means self-care. Um, ditch the guilt. Just get rid of the guilt, honestly. Just get rid of the guilt. Everyone should just – there's no point being feeling guilty about anything. It's it's a wasted emotion, and honestly, you know, you feel guilty about your kids. The kids don't feel guilty. They, they know how to push the guilt, guilt button, but they don't feel guilty. <laughs> 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 you know, and because they just accept life as it is. And I think sometimes we can learn a lot from our children, particularly young children, before they've got to a stage where they've kind of been moulded into the, the world. Young children, look at what they do. They play and they don't really care what anybody says. And if they throw a tantrum, it's over two minutes later. Yeah. Unlike us, we're still carrying this around for the next two weeks. Oh, he said this, blah, blah, blah. We need to look at that. And, and, and I said, go and look. Start looking at the way kids are and the way they act, you know, and and, and just really reconnect back to that. And probably um, the other thing um, is be, have a clear vision of what it is you want in your life. What do you want your life to look like? You know, if you're going to look at three years in, in advance, what do you want your life to look like? Because when you can see something like that, 
you've got something to work towards. If not, you're just getting up every single day and it's Groundhog Day and you're doing the same thing over again, over and over. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to work. I hate my job. It's like give yourself a vision and work towards it. And even if now it might seem it's a long way away and you're never going to achieve it, have the vision. And every day do one thing that's going to get you closer to that vision and just just keep moving towards the vision. Wow. Okay, so so we need to ditch the guilt, reconnect, be intuitive and nurturing and just carry that vision for ourselves and work towards it every day. And, of course, eat well, exercise, sleep well and all that type of stuff as well. Hydration, all that stuff (laughs) as well. Well, that was great, Angela. Thank you so much for all those tips. That was really very helpful. Thank you for joining me. That's been absolutely fantastic (laughs) and thank you for joining me so don't forget to support the show by telling your friends or you can go to our facebook page carrie thompson casey that's thompson without a p and like us there and give us your feedback you can also subscribe to the show in itunes and don't forget to give us a five star rating if you like the show you can also support us by going to the website carriethompsoncasey.com Thank you for joining me and see you on the next episode of The Abnormal Psychologist where we share real people's stories and give you real ideas so that you can realise your potential. Take care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.